Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Mudang dhammang sanggang namasami So I'd like to talk about the um, um, centrality of feeling, um, feeling and uh, what can arise from that. Feeling is the quality of agreeable or disagreeable or neutral. can be based upon sense contact, can be based upon mental states, either mental states afflictive mental states um, or agreeable mental states. Also intentions can can carry feelings. So one's intention towards um, purity can have a bright, uplifting feeling that feels agreeable. And this is the way we steer, trying to differentiate between just the sense, the feeling that kind of happens more or less as a reflex from sense contact, just bam, something touches, you know, or the feeling that arises dependent upon a memory, which may be disagreeable, and really the feeling that comes from, that one has some say over, one's intentionality, one's direction, one's, you know, and the, the good results from one's actions. And so it's, it's said, you know, through tracking this more higher or uh, more cultivated uh, one should cultivate this feeling um, because it's going on the right track and just recognizing that the Buddha teaching is to stop suffering suffering is generally experienced as disagreeable extremely non-suffering considered good agreeable (laughs) so there's nothing kind of um, you know abstract about it. It's not like we're trying to get an understanding of the beginning of the world or the nature of reality or whether self exists or doesn't exist. Half exists, sometimes exists. This world, the next world. And the Buddha, many suttas actually would go through all this list of the various kinds of abstract models that people would create out of the world or even mystical experience and saying, you know, well, uh, the Tathagata doesn't teach this. Why doesn't he teach it? Because it doesn't go to Nibbana. It just goes to more. 
conceptual abstractions and um, and then he's saying yeah but all these conceptual abstractions and views arise from contact so you know having experienced something there's an attempt to formulate it oh this is because of that oh this means that oh I must be this or I'm always that or it's myself the experience or no it's somebody else's that does this or perhaps there's a previous life because of this. Or is it something to do with just innately being female that makes this happen? Or does everybody experience it? Or is it something <laughs> weird about me specifically? Uh, or am I just imagining it? Yeah. Is this a spiritual experience or am I just going slightly loopy? <laughs> what actually is happening? Say, so, well, contact, disagreeable feeling is happening. <laughs> Uh, mental agitation is happening uh, or agreeable feeling is happening and there's a tendency to, to you know proliferate it's called papancha it's the word meaning it makes a, makes a handful out of something that's just really contact and then what's that why how who who is it why what should I where am I what should I so it starts to <coughs> scatter and then depending on those ways that, it, that the, the, the scattering experience occurs depending on one how that contacts then certain inclinations start to get in I should be other than this I should stop feeling this yeah. I should try to make myself feel another way uh, I should become something other than I am I should just be exactly how I am I should be a different kind of self, or my higher self, and let go of my lower self, and so on. So this kind of stuff goes on, which we do in our own probably uniquely formulated ways of papancha, of, of proliferating into, into conceptuality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's what he's saying, yeah, but all that came from contact. And through understanding contact, and through relinquishing papancha, the Tathagata is freed. So the Tathagatas do not proliferate. Ni papancha Tathagato. You don't find that in a Buddha. They don't do that. Just say, you know, in the seeing, there's just the seeing. There's no one who sees. There's enough, no object that's seen. There's just the quality of seeing. Everything else is inferred. Mm. Contact, impressions, designations, inferences. Mm. Inferences that generate the world of objects. And uh, by and large, the uh, human experience is very much um, yeah, well, uh, gen- pushed or generated towards sustaining a world of objects. We call it being objective. Mm. Subjectivity, bah, not good. It means it's biased. Objective truth is what we want. Mm. Objectivity, measure the object. Mm. Then you'll get it all true. And right. So that's that's the general trajectory of human experience. Add the objects up, you get the right things. Mm. But it doesn't get to the end of suffering. That's for sure. <laughs> because the ending of suffering is, is subjective, not an object. Mm. And you can't do it through objects. So objects know about something. When you are objective reality, I could describe you as, you know, five foot eight, going bald, <laughs> 72 years old, wearing spectacles, coming from Philadelphia, da da da. But that wouldn't say a thing about what you're really experiencing right now. 
You know, you could be experiencing a number of things. You could be experiencing feeling love, feeling confused, feeling rejoicing. You could be in any of those domains. You could be nursing a grudge or a grievance or blissing out subjectively. You could be in a completely different realm from what I'm looking at with my eyes or conceiving of in my mind. So I can look at my little, you know, list of yogis and there's so and so and so and so and all these list of names. Well, yeah, it's, it's handy for negotiation. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> it's a piece of paper in my hand with some black squiggles on it. And there's, you know, because I can read, I can infer, it means people. <laughs> That's about it, really. <laughs> I can infer than that. And then when you actually meet, well, the people, what are they? There are voices, sounds, experiences of being affected, you know, concern, not understanding, you know, tremblings in the heart of listening to who's this 75-year-old? It's not there, is it? Really, the subjective experience is just feeling an impression occurring, uh, you know, and then being slightly you know, activated by that. Isn't that what's happening? Isn't that, isn't that closer to it? Hmm? Isn't the subjective reality actually right on the mark, even though you can never really nail it down as, as anything else because it's so gone? And yet in that awareness attuned to that, of course, the subjective experiences as experiences of phenomena, as dhammas, are cascading, arising, passing, affecting, touching, delighting, you know, confusing, painful. There they are, and you're open to that subjective experience. And it's not I am this, I was that, because of this, I will be that, she's this and he never that, and she doesn't think this, and he was always like that. And that. No, that's just, you know. Uh, you kind of cling into that, trying to make it add up into some convenient, you know, tr- stack that presents us with a nice clear profile of a being or an entity. Yeah. It doesn't quite, there's always something you miss, you know, and you miss this delightful, mysterious quality of just this phenomena arising, particular karmic processes playing out within awareness, yeah. And that, you know, that subjectivity and the, just having awareness poised at that feels open, feels unobstructed, feels tender, peaceful, available, accessible. Doesn't, you know, it feels like it's a lot of sufferings drop from that. Trying to make things make sense. Trying to make it, no. <laughs> you know, these, these, programs to, to make things sensible, to work something out so I can say, da, 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 da. got it. It's kind of a sort of a certain gratification in that, I'll admit. But then, you know, things happen and it all shifts, you know. Like we have our, our monastery, you have the, the office you've got. It's, not, it's a very small office. It's a, it's a shoestring outfit, really. It's just people sucking pencils and <laughs> <laughs> scribbling off. I don't know. But you try and get some sort of order out of it. And you have these little sheets of paper with things scribbled on them. A diary, the office diary, is supposed to tell it what's going on. And the cat always comes in and sits on whatever you're doing. You know, you're trying to get something out, and the cat comes in and sits <laughs> and chews, chews the edge of the diet. It's like saying, and it's such a wonderful, you know, I think this cat is obviously bodhisattva of some kind. You know, he's saying, whatever system you construct, you know, it ain't going to work. <laughs> 
something's going to happen, the weather's going to change, something's going to break down, humans are going to be human, and, you know, whatever you do, it's going to go. So you just think, yeah, I get it, you know. Just keep the mind free from getting too tight about it all. <laughs> and the hope that, that you never get it really right, just, you know, loosen up. Learn to flow and bounce. And uh, keep the mind, what the most important thing, don't get too upset about objects. They're not, it's not going to work. Really look at what you generate in terms of frustration, self Profiling, profiling others, profiling life, adding things up, forming conclusions. Oh, look, just notice feeling upset, feeling agitated, feeling anxious. You know, notice the, the edges of things are unpleasant. Don't want this to happen anymore. So therefore I will, you know, Get on top of it and sort it out, fix it, change it, make it that. There, got it. Uh oh, something's gone wrong. <laughs> you know? So, this, this, the uncertainty, anicca, really means, implies uncertainty. Anatta means it's never going to be the way you want it to be. It's never the way you, not just want it to be, the way you project it, the way someone's <coughs> projected that gives me a sense of right. I'm in control, I've got this sorted, that me sense that can arise when, when I'm able to dominate reality for a few fleeting seconds. Uh, you know, uh, and then just let go. You, know, you don't need to have it your way. Even if your way is the way of misery and despair. You know? It continues, so, you know, it's like that. Mm. And you stay open and just notice the what the intentions or the, the inclinations of the mind are to controlling, to fixing, to wanting to give up, to trying to make it all work. And it's just back off. What are you doing? You're reacting to disagreeable feeling. I can understand it, absolutely. <coughs> Do not like disagreeable feeling. And then if I get to acknowledge that, just that edge, you know, disagreeable feeling is changeable. It's not up for me to say how it is, what's coming in. Okay, I can do this other magical, wonderful stuff called letting go. It's viveka, disengaging. And this is a very significant sine qua non of Buddhist practice is that, that that tilt, that lift, the disengagement, and the, the skill of wisdom and mindfulness is to know the specific piece that's just getting under your skin right now, close to the heart, so close you don't see it. There's the closest layer, so close you don't see it. Me wanting things to be, me wanting to have a plan, me wanting to get it sorted, me wanting to yeah. What plan? What? You know, what's the need? The anxiety, don't like it. The uncertainty, don't like it. But it is uncertain. And it's normal to not like it. Viveka, there, it's that layer. But you can be aware of that. There can be awareness of that wavering and a tendency to make it into something relaxing. And the world of objects begins to dissolve. That dissolution of the world is the often expressed in the Buddha's teaching. This is the way to the ending, the ceasing, the dissolution of the world. Mm. And you know, 
What does that mean? Well, <laughs> the world is generated from contact. It springs up in the heart. That becomes detailed by the mind, by the brain. Inked upon, scrawled upon, doodled over. Mm. And seen as the source of further activations, perturbations, and proliferations that eventually become such a cascade that they overwhelm the mind and you're flooded under this just world. Suddenly it gets generated, you feed it, and it comes back and dumps on you. Suffering, stress. And because this is the mainstream of reality, of human experience, reality of human experience, you know, we kind of, everybody's speaking the language of it, contributing to it. Naturally, we keep trying to swim in that. And it's, you, you can't, you know. So, rises from contact. Just that simplicity. Mm. And uh, because contact is such an immediate hit, perception arises. As soon as there's consciousness, there's perception. We get something. And then there's a sense of a agreeable feeling. But the feeling tends to linger a little longer. It's the nature of feeling. It tends to resonate. And it can be felt in the body. The sense of stressing, of tightening up, disagreeable feeling, quality, starts to resonate in the body. So this is the way you can track. You use feeling to track. What triggered that? What? It's not always the case you get it. In fact, it's sometimes very rare that you really get it. But you just notice that the feeling, the generation of it, and then the mind spinning around, trying to cope with it, manage it, forget about it, get over it, philosophize about it. (laughs) You know, and that's all born out of and in a, say the inability, the mind's inability to really disengage. And that's normal. But can be developed, the disengagement can be developed. And it's developed primarily um, through generating other kinds of, of feeling that both take one out of this habitual um, proliferations that deluge the mind with with uh, poignant experiences to a quality of something the a feeling tone that is agreeable and a feeling tone based upon skillful mental action skillful mental attunement uh, calming the body so the body tends to store the quality of feeling. And as you calm down, you can the quality of the agreeable feeling can be, it's mild, it's not fantastic, it's mild, it's gentle, and yet something you start to deeply relax from generating more stuff. So the effect of this skillful, skillfully derived feeling is to get the mind out of its panic and jangle and compulsiveness to just ease it. Yeah. So it's both agreeable but also skillful in its liberating the mind from its running on proliferations. It doesn't completely release it but it eases up then you've got some room. Mm. 
mind's got some room to move. It's not continually pressed up against the wall by cascades of thought and doubts and worries and hindrances. And yeah. So that's the trajectory, really, is the trajectory which can be described as feeling. Even more, yeah, certainly no big worldviews arise, just uh, it's a very, it's, you're right in the subjective realm, whether you feel basically okay or <coughs> agitated. And so the sensitivity of the subjective realm is what you're exploring. So subjective that it doesn't have your name, it doesn't have your gender, it doesn't have your anatomical presentations, whether they are. <laughs> it's just in, in subjectivity, what's that? You know, that's objects. And in the subjective realm, you're extremely, you have a great capacity to, to switch. You are right, or your awareness is right on the, on the button for bringing around effective changes promptly. You know, you know where you can shift from, lift the mind from that thought. Lift your attention from that thought. Don't get worried about why that thought's there. Don't beat yourself up about having it. Just learn to lift. It doesn't matter what the thought is. Just learn to lift your mind from it, lift your attention from it. How do you lift attention? Well, you could focus on what's happening in your body when that thought occurs. You could focus on just the sound of the thought. You could focus on the speed of the thought. Yeah, like, like it's the kind of, um, how fast is this tape running? You could focus, you don't have to get that far from it. Just don't go into the topics and keep re-traumatizing, <laughs> re-triggering. Just, you know, if you can't, don't imagine you can crush the thought or stop it, you can just lift just a tad to notice this is thinking, it's not, there's no me in that thinking. You know, I can't see any me's there. There's thinking going on. There's moods. And it's running. And I don't, and it's, experience is disagreeable. Okay, that's, you've lifted a little bit. Rather, what am I going to do about him? Why is he, I never, people think all these kinds of things. I try the best I can. I'm being blamed all the time. And what are you supposed to do here anyway? You know, I mean, I'm basically uh, a break after all that I've done for them. I'm grateful pigs. I shouldn't think that thought. <laughs> shouldn't think that thought. Must be stop thinking that nasty thought. You know. May they be well, may they be well, may they be well. <laughs> may ungrateful pigs be well. <laughs> just, just lift. <laughs> to, to stop that cascade, which goes around in tangles. It's this unpleasant thought disagreeable, painful, right? And, uh, how fast is it going? And when it's occurring, do you, what's happening in your head, or your chest, your nerves, there's you know, the Buddha saying, thinking affects your body. You know? yeah, it's a bodily effect, because there's only one energy system, and it's feeding all of it. So, you know, so, you know there's an effect in your body. Maybe you just feel yourself really up in your head, a lot of pulsing, you feel tension around your eyes or in your throat. Let's go to that. So then you've disengaged a little more from the topic into the effects of it. Yeah. And if you can turn it, but if you can disengage, pull it back to that. And this is like, you know, I'm not saying this is easy. Some topics are extremely deeply incised in our minds. So the emotion, let's lift from the topic to the emotion, you know, the, sense, the mood of despond, fatalism, defeat, nothing I can do about this, stuck. Right, this is not a very comfortable experience, but then, okay, there's that, and where is that? A leaden feeling, 
experience in the body. Felt. Um, disagreeable feeling. Yeah. And uh, if you focus on the feeling itself, or the felt disagreeable feeling, you begin to derive a, a perception arises around it. Con- feeling and perception are the two attributes of contact. So yeah, it feels like rock in my belly. Feels like you know, throttled around my throat. Feels like you know, jangly wires running all over me. Feels like I'm stuck in a bog, can't move. Mm, perception. So actually, though it's, that sounds kind of miserable, but you're disengaging from the activation of that into something that's that. There's that contact impression, subjectively. Yeah. Stay with that. Open to that. And what can you what can you offer that? There's your dana. Yeah. What can you bring to that? Intention. Just to let me not fight you anymore. Let me refrain from hating you, unpleasant feeling. <laughs> yeah. Let me refrain from trying to push you out of my life. Just, you know, there that intention, shifting the intention. Let me in fact embrace you. Be present with you. And it's just, just that gesture of intentionality. Mm. Things start to shift. Things start to shift. Mm. You know? Unpleasant feeling generates the most ferocious resistance and um, desperate measures block it. Even if my body seizes up like a rock, <laughs> block that feeling. Yeah. Even though I suppress all kinds of responses and go numb, block that feeling. Don't want it. Mm. So that's the the first, must be the first reaction that by and large most of us will make stop. But when it's, particularly when it's mental feeling, that doesn't stop it. Like if it's somebody throwing a rock at me and I stick my hand up and block it, yeah. But if it's actually already in here, <laughs> me trying to stop it like that just locks the door. <laughs> you know? It's like the thieves in the house already locking the door, he's going to keep them in there. <laughs> he's running around, ripping everything up, and you're saying, close the door, we're not going to let anything, it's in. So you've got to open the door, let it out. <laughs> right? And even, you know, that sense of, take what you want. You know, that, that there's, so there's a disengagement, there's a dispassion. Dispassion means, well, feeling's doing what feeling does. You know, feeling's job is to feel. Unpleasant feeling is told to be unpleasant. You go and be an unpleasant feeling. So it does it. It's got no particular malice. just does what unpleasant feeling does. Carves up your belly, gets in your brain, drives you nuts. But no, 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 no bad intention. <laughs> it's just doing it. And, you know, so there's the feeling. Everybody has a feeling. Dispassion, anatta. And then this marvellous ceasing, relaxing, resting from the conflict, the tension, the proliferation around it, the blaming it, the wondering why, the, it's my fault, it's something wrong, I must have talked myself into having cancer three times today, you know, <laughs> because of a painful feeling. <laughs> or being on the verge of a nervous breakdown, you know, because of an unpleasant feeling. 
Maybe so. Maybe so. But not a sure thing at all. Let me not, what I can do, because I can't be sure in an objective way what that is, but I can be rock very sure about what I'm doing. If I shift, I'm resisting it. I don't like it. I don't like unpleasant feeling. Now that could be changed. My response could be changed. Yeah. Doesn't mean like it. Nobody likes it. But the response is one of intentionality rather than seeking another kind of feeling. Let me get rid of the unpleasant feeling, have pleasant feeling. <laughs> Good idea, but slowly. Most of all, you get the intention to not get proliferating and tight and blaming and worrying about unpleasant feeling. Instead, bring in, and generally this means you've got to be pretty active in a way. You can't you do it, you can't just, it doesn't happen passively. You can't just sit there, oh, it doesn't work. It just power jumps all over you. So there's a certain lift bringing forward of an intention. Say, oh, really, let me examine that unpleasant feeling. Let me examine the areas in my body. Really know the fullness of it. So just even that intention is not resisting it, is it? It's not saying I enjoy it. We just get clear, get, get clearer, the running up my leg of that feeling. Well, actually, really get clear. There's no leg. There's a feeling. And I attribute that to a leg. Really get clear. There's no leg there. There's just the feeling and the perception of my leg. Get clear. And what? So really then tracking the run of that, the complete run of that unpleasant feeling as it is. What does it look like? Looks like lines of jagged fire running up and down. Is there any more? Where does it terminate? There's a length to that, there's a throbbing at the end of it, it fades. You go to the weakest fading place and ask there, can there be opening? It's very difficult to open around the most intense aspects. So you, get, you track the feeling, this physical feeling, and you'll find it's got a very strong center and then it trails away to less active places, but your attention gets mesmerized by the intensity. So you've got to have that intention that wa- attention that widens till you get to the, the tailing off somewhere in your body. Could you, then could there be an opening there, a relaxing of the grip, releasing? Yes, they could. What happens? My breath changes. Something in me relaxes. With the relaxation of the breath and my body, my emotions shift from intense, trying to get it right, to a little more, okay, okay, stay with that. Sometimes, you know, the feeling, the physical thing just starts to move and change by itself. But basically, what can occur is suffering stops. One is no longer in that tormented state. Use pain, physical pain. It's actually much easier than psychological pain. And it's a good teacher because every deal you try and make with it will, will not work. Every transaction, you know, you try and do it. Well, you have to really open to that. Find and use your discernment and begin where you can 
at the lightest trace of it, just start to form an opening there that allows the energy to shift. Feeling is energized, and it shifts and it, it tends to discharge. And then discharge is pleasant, agreeable. So it's understood that the ending of unpleasant feeling is pleasant. But you can't jump to it. You've got to do the work to make it happen. So this is this is the you know engaged Buddhism uh, right here. You know, mental feeling, disagreeable mental feeling, regrets and doubts, things I did five years ago, terrible things I did, really you know blameworthy things, definitely did them. Miserable feeling, regret, I lied, I cheated, I stole. You know, I got drunk, I beat somebody, I did this oh, terrible, guilty, rotten, remorseful feelings. You know, well actually just get down to it. You know, what we call feeling in, in the English language is a c- compound of several things. What the Buddhist feeling was just disagreeable, the perception, the memory, and the emotional agitation. You know, so we, so first of all, got to, in a way, just calm or be present with the emotional agitation. I experience remorse. Remorse is a result of acting unskillfully. Learn that. Use that as your learning. You know. And the way be grateful. Because if there wasn't that, we'd be doing more of it. <laughs> the Hiriotapa, the sense of remorse, is a, is a strong reminder to us. Not something to feel, you know, shouldn't happen. You should experience remorse. Because that means you have intelligence. You have ethical intelligence says this was beneath me, this was improper, therefore you don't do it anymore. <laughs> if there wasn't that, if we didn't have that hiriotopa, there is no end to the butchery and uh, things we would do, these beings. We just base ourselves upon reactivity alone. So thank you for the remorse lesson. Don't do that. You cannot afford to do that again. You know, the the impressions last too long. You're a human being, you're not a machine. Welcome. Now's the learning. So with that sense of remorse, regret, difficult feeling of that, uh, difficult moods of that nature, we accept that and uh, learn and ask forgiveness. Cultivate a mind of goodwill towards yourself and towards others. The healer, you must bring the healer in. It's not enough, this is not a court. We're not in a legal system here. And so you must be conscious of this. Morality, ethics in Buddha Dhamma is not a legal system. It's an ethical attunement, ethical sensitivity. It's not a legal system (laughs) whereby you get black marks, you get thrown in jail, or you're definitely a criminal. You are marked as an object. There's no object in it. There's just a recognition of the sensitivity of the human psyche and how certain actions will definitely cause it to get stuck and experience disagreeable feeling. <laughs> That's it, you know. The Buddha teachings, not to make us righteous and, pu- and puritanical, but just to stop us suffering. <laughs> it's an amazingly generous teaching. And it's like, if you follow that, that, that ethical thing because you don't want to suffer, You'll find out you're behaving, living very clean. 
not because you're trying to be the cleanest kid on the block, we just don't want to have suffering anymore. <laughs> you know, any way you can reduce it. So this is how you start to get your act together, really, from that internal sensitivity. So we accept that. And then you're a healer, not a, not a judge. You're not an executioner or a, or a you know, a, a jailer. And that's the problem. If you take morality as, as a legal system, you've got the police, the cops, right? You've got the judge, you've got the trial, you've got the, the sentence, and you've got the guy with the keys who locks you in. That's what you've got. And you internalize that. And those, those guys are never going to let you out. <laughs> because in that configuration, you are the criminal. And as, as soon as you enter that, you, you put your criminal clothes on. You put your jail suit on. So no wonder you stay in jail, because you're, at, you're, 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 you're living it out. Right? You become a virtual object. And these <coughs> are subtle objects, but the most profound and mental objects are what we become. The pathetic, the needy the criminal, the failure, yeah, the control freak. You know, you name it. There's so many ways to insult yourself. It's the, you know, it's, the opportunities are boundless for <laughs> recrimination. <laughs> and, you get, and then you proliferate around it. So, so, from, I'm nasty, nobody ever loves me. I'm hateful, I'm nasty, I'm mean, jealous, nasty being. Yeah. You know, and so then you, wow, you know, you've just wallpapered your jail cell. And make yourself at home, because you could be there a long time if you're in the legal system. But we're not in a legal system. We're in a healing, pain, stop the pain system. What does that mean? That means you've got to bring in goodwill. You can't do it with the, you know, the punishment. You just cannot do it. Cannot do it through painful means. Goodwill is not painful. You can't count, you can't get rid of painful feeling by placing more painful feeling on it. And I mean, clearly one can understand this, but this this incredible compulsive tendency. This is what you've got to work against. This compelling proliferating sankharas, which can layer and layer and layer and layer on top of it. I am, I was, I will be, people think of this, me, I always will, I never was, I mean, because of this, you know, layer and layer and layer. And say, so it doesn't matter what you're experiencing is painful. Compassion is the only thing for that. It has to be. You cannot heal it any other way. It doesn't matter what you've done right now. You cannot go back. You cannot fix the past. You've got to deal with now. You've learned, don't do that again. Right? And compassion, goodwill, kindness. Is, look, you know, embrace the regret. Big heart. That, then when you come into contemplating the felt sense of yourself as miserable or weak or nasty or corrupted or whatever, just get that person and just get around them in your heart and look, may you be well. That's all. Now the legal system, you can't do that kind of thing. You're not looking after these guys, they'll go out and do it, everybody's going to do it. <laughs> but from the healing system, <laughs> No, you know, it doesn't, it's a different system altogether. Because in the sense of the understanding of, you know, what the, how, how one is so reckless, we learn, be more heedful. In the understanding of everybody's reckless, we get more compassionate towards others. Yeah. And we under, then we begin to recognize certain things, watch out for, 
you've got these precepts as like these are the trip wires you place around you so you bash up against one of those alarm bell rings or back off <laughs> you know we're reckless so you want these these trip wires yeah and then you know five precepts eight precepts I've got 227 at least trip wires I'm, I'm you know I can't scratch my nose without a bell ringing <laughs> so <laughs> if it's <laughs> yeah, so but the <laughs> No, what happens is straight, your, your mind begins to form a different form. You know, subjectively, your mind is very, it's nothing, it's, it's amorphous, it's fluid, it's, it's just this moment. And it, it's going, it, its form is the patterns of it. You know, so you, you get minds that rush, that's their form, minds that scatter, you know. And we see the form of your mind. It's got a subtle form to it. Um, I don't know how to explain it, really. You know, but it, it, it's formed by sankharas, these, these programs and layers that you get the shy, retreating, the blurting out, you know, you know obvious things, but there are subtler things whereby sometimes we're this way and sometimes we're that way. You know, with friends, we feel very big and in front of the officers of the law you feel very small <laughs> you get these mental forms change don't you don't they yeah and you're with your friends or your kids or you you know something big and then you sort of it's dark and it's you're on your own it gets small it gets bristly you know get to your you know some of your comforts being threatened you get a bit spiky <laughs> yeah is that true that happen for you and you get shivery when it's agreeable you get little trills of it it starts to trill so it has these different forms to it and what happens over time in training your mind acquires it has a different form it becomes something which is tendency towards calm letting go generosity goodwill it just does that I don't think it's like some personal attribute Yes, it's the nature of mind. It's, it's standard. You know, if people practice Dhamma, by and large, their drug abuse drops, you know, their, their violence drops, they get a bit ratty at times, you know, maybe, but they, they learn to quell it. Um, their sense of goodwill to others increases. They tend to don't want so much sensual stimulation. They tend towards calm. That's kind of traject, um, profile. And, why is that? Because she's like this and he's like that and he looks like this and says, why is it? There's this communality of mind, mental form. Um, because the f- mind is changeable and we, it can be changed radically for the better. And the axis of it is not, I've got to make my mind better. Well, that's not a bad idea. But the practice of it is, look for the triggers the feeling and the contact learn to cultivate understanding of mental feeling it's because it's not so obvious you know and one of the problems of in our lives sense restraint now it's not that people are necessarily wildly indulgent but by and large our attention is out onto sights and sounds you know just even for getting things done you're out there and there's things you can read things you can look at things you can eat you know even when you're kind of behaving morally sense restraint sounds like some kind of throttling of enjoyment so our attention is so we get the feeling comes from that primarily i mean of course you get feeling with your friends and so forth but a lot of it's coming from that so we think feeling Feeling my mind. So it goes a bit numb. So that was my experience, you know, as I began to practice. You know, that it's gone out so far, they sit there and it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just this kind of dull, numb state inside. Because the nerve endings didn't go there anymore. <laughs> they went out. <laughs> it took years to get into kind of, oh yeah, that's right. Actually, 
act of generosity feels nice. You know, I feel uh, when I so then the the recommendation is really reflect a lot on your precept quality. Reflect on the act the, what occurs when you really bear in mind and dwell upon and take into full awareness. You know, I am someone who is capable of harming others. I do not do that. Human beings, we have the capacity to create enormous amounts of damage. And I am refraining from that. How is that? What is that? Isn't that beautiful? You know? Mm. The, um, one of the descriptions of the Arahant, a noble one, um, this is Elder Sariputta, who is a magnificent being, is like a bull with horns cut off. Powerful, strong, does not do any harm. It's like that. Still got all the strength, but no aggression. Yeah? Lovely little image, isn't it? Yeah. So, cedar doesn't mean you become kind of weak and pusillanimous, but just you. Nice word, isn't it? These things suddenly spring up. <laughs> but the, the, you, you kind of got all that. But most of your strength is in, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know? No. Tempt me not, I'm not going that way. No thanks. I don't want a drink. Thanks. I'll have some tonic water or something. Yeah, that's fine. Why? Well, I'll tell you why if you like. If you really want to know. <laughs> you know the amount of this stuff, what it does? Yeah, it's better just to stay away from it. You don't need it. You know, you don't need it, do you? I can be happy without it. Without moral, you know, that sense of our, perhaps our duty, if there's an opening, is to say these things. You know, so, what? No, I'm not putting you down. Just personal choice. Just go figure. (laughs) You know? So this is our, our strength there. And you feel good about that strength. Cultivating skillful basis. And it's based upon clear intentionality. Intentionality, goodwill, compassion, virtue, restraint. You know, all the things you never wanted to know about when you were a kid. <laughs> True. But this isn't a legal system. It's not thou shalt not. It's awaken your intelligence to the human potential. And it's awesome. And you look, but there's so many things we could do. So many places we could go. Yeah. But does not lead to Nibbana. To the end of suffering. This does. Take a little bit. You see the process. Okay, when I cultivate that, certain patterns of violence, of indulgence, of recklessness stop, I feel better. Yeah. This is called little nibbana. Something has stopped. I feel a little bit, feel better. Yeah. Beating myself up, recriminating, stops feel a lot better. Yeah. Because the recrimination has stopped. I'm not constantly seeking something to dull it. So the sense restraint is stronger. I don't need to keep doing something that makes myself feel good because I feel okay. Yeah. Stopped. Oh, feel better. Feel clearer. Feel freer. You know, that's, that's the way it goes. Subjectivity. Don't look at these things as objects. They have to be explained in verbal terms. Try to get them in your heart. Subjective domain. That's the place, not the objective world. Objective world is an illusion. An inference. A set of numbers in the sky, 
a set of concepts that change by the, by the decade, by the year, what is, you know, the concepts, the numbers, you know, the slogans, the objective world. Mm. How, big, how big is a lump of happiness for you? A mile, an inch? How much does happiness weigh? Half a pound? Yeah. Is it long or short? You're talking about. You can't measure the real thing in objective terms. Right? Is that happiness, does it belong to me or is it yours? What are you talking about? It's just happy, it's just easeful. It's happening here. You don't need to stake a claim on it as belonging to somebody. It's just that. Open, there's an awareness, total subjectivity, impressions landing on it. And through understanding both the causes for these, you know, beginning to plow through these layers of reactivity and compulsion and things that make we can recognize. I feel stuck, I feel trapped, I feel habitual, I feel locked, I feel going round and round. Those are layers. They're spinning layers. Yeah. And you, I know you can't release them just through verbal understanding. Go to the feeling. The feeling of it. Unpleasant feeling. The perception of it. I feel trapped. I feel frustrated. I feel miserable. I feel I am this. I feel I'm not good enough. Perception, the I am, the feeling. What does that, how does that touch you? Can you get just an inch closer to that and at the same time widen? So it is just allowing that to arise, move through, and you just lift back, aware of that. So this is viveka, disengagement. Gives you a little bit more calm, which is agreeable, less frantic. Dispassionate, doesn't matter how long it takes. Forget the time thing, that's an object. That's numbers in the sky, doesn't mean anything here. This thing could go on for the rest of your life if you don't get let go of time. Time is an impatience. Time is a burden. Felt experience of burdens, pressures, impatience, trying to make it work. Let go of it. It doesn't exist in this realm, subjective realm. This is the way. Then what may seem to have been lifetimes, what may seem to have been 10 years of this, what may seem to have been, I'm always this way, what may seem to have been, you know, I've been like this for the last five years. It's just the moment now arising. I do not want it to happen, but it's happening. And it will keep happening as long as you keep, no, no, no. <laughs> so, and you really only detect that quality of no, 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 if you go to the feeling of it. Otherwise you think, oh, I'm just working with this. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just um, considering it or something. Go to the direct feeling of that and you notice, I don't like it. Is that news? Obvious, and yet it's an obvious point that we sometimes miss. It's very simple. And then unpleasant feeling, stop fighting it. Track it, contemplate it, open to it. Generate something counterintuitive to the, to the normal habitual sansaric response. Cultivate opening to it, being gentle to it, being peaceful with it. Yeah. Whether, whatever it does, 
and you notice the suffering diminishes. Stay with that, generate that. And this is the way that you can clear. If we had to try to work out everything, everything in our lives we've ever done wrong, you would be here forever (laughs) trying to work it out, trying to make amends, trying to sort this out, trying to repair this mental state, trying to make yourself into this so that he's okay with me, she's okay with me, everybody's like, I'm okay with me. And relaxed and cheerful at the same time. (laughs) It is not going to happen. This is the direct way. The Buddha said, this is the direct way. You know, I offer this is the direct way from free from proliferation. Get to the point. With this point, you can shed the mass of suffering. Mm. This is why it's taught. Buddha wouldn't have taught it if he couldn't if it wasn't true, he wouldn't have taught it if it couldn't be done. He wouldn't have taught it if we don't forget it time and time again. <laughs> because we do. It's that insidious. So it has to be taught again and again and again. Don't you know it's like that I'm afraid. You know, we do lose it. So we need to come back. This is what we're here for on retreat. If you begin to, because it's not intellectual, something has to start to happen almost intuitively. You feel that, no, no, wait a minute, I know that one. I know that when I'm starting to, and something goes, just take it down. and make our way with with (laughs) diligence and good humour and in good company.